The results of a new survey on internet service in rural McLean County were eye-opening. That's one of the things you need to know to start your day for Tuesday, May 23rd. I'm Ryan Denham, and this is WGLT's The Leadoff. Support for WGLT and WGLT.org comes from the Central Illinois Regional Airport in Bloomington with four airlines for business and leisure travel. Flying Sierra offers a nearby location for departures and arrivals that includes free parking. More information at CIRA.com. Now let's lead off with a survey of rural McLean County residents who say their internet service is not fast or reliable enough. WGLT's Eric Stock reports on what the survey says and what the county plans to do about it. Less than one-third of respondents in rural McLean County said they were satisfied with their Internet service, according to the survey county government ran earlier this year. County Assistant Administrator Anthony Grant called the survey results eye-opening. Internet is no longer a a like-to-have. It is a must-have for everybody within our communities. Most respondents said they've had to rely on cellular data for Internet service on occasion, and that service is often slow and unreliable. A vast majority were describing Internet quality for their home, but the survey also included to businesses and farmers in particular. Anna Ziegler, assistant manager for the McLean County Farm Bureau, says the digital divide has widened over time and became more evident during the COVID pandemic. I think COVID amplified the disparity that already existed because more people were home, working from home, doing school from home, and um, it really revealed that internet service is not adequate in the rural areas. And the survey shows people rely on internet for much more than Netflix. Four and five said they seek information about their health care online, and it's also a vital resource for job training and education. Anthony Grant with the McLean County says the county will look to hire a consultant to conduct a feasibility study later this year. Then the county will seek state and federal funding. He says it may take county money, too, to provide the incentive for Internet providers to go into areas they've largely avoided. Certainly that's going to require financial assistance for some of these organizations and companies because they would already be doing it if it was profitable to run those lines out there. But Grant says the county expects a big return on investment. A U.S. Department of Agriculture study estimates rural broadband would give an economic boost of $13 million annually for McLean County. For the leadoff, I'm Eric Stock. Here are some other stories we're following in the WGLT newsroom. The Normal Police Department is looking for teenagers ages 13 to 17 to participate in a free summer fitness program in partnership with the Bloomington Normal Athlete Factory. Police say a 25-year-old from Bloomington faces weapons charges after a shots-fired incident Sunday morning in the 800 block of East Washington Street. Nobody was injured. And the Heartland Community College baseball team has earned a trip to the National Junior College World Series for the second straight year. It starts Saturday in Enid, Oklahoma. You can find more on these stories at WGLT.org. For many years, community health workers would go unnoticed, but the COVID pandemic certainly changed that. Tracy Smith is Director of Community Health at the Illinois Public Health Association, which just hosted its annual summit in Normal, its first large formal gathering since the pandemic. Smith tells WGLT's Eric Stock the skills of community health workers were widely underutilized before the pandemic, and now she sees opportunity. We've had community health workers for decades in um, the United States and in other countries. Um, they utilize CHWs, but they haven't always been recognized. Um, they've kind of went, they were behind the scenes doing such great work, but 
COVID-19 really brought out and allowed CHWs to be recognized for the work that they're doing and um, identified like we need to help continue this because they were very vital during COVID-19 in getting individuals, helping to get individuals vaccinated, helping to get individuals to the services they needed to be able to survive during the, the pandemic. And broadly speaking, healthcare workers seem to be questioned quite a bit during the pandemic, questions about their qualifications, their expertise. Patients maybe read or heard something somewhere that told them not to believe what they were being told. How big of an issue was that and how did community health workers navigate that? So community health workers were the ones who were helping when those questions came out. So again, this is where having that trusted person within your community that maybe is your neighbor, right, that you could go to and say, I'm reading this and I don't know what to believe or I don't know how to interpret it or what does it mean? Community health workers could actually sit down with them over tea and talk about that. So they were actually helping healthcare, other healthcare workers who were getting that kind of pushback the CHWs were on the other side trying to help to address those concerns and questions and bring information to the community. There's a nationwide shortage of healthcare workers, and that's a concern across all industries. But what about community health workers specifically? So we have community health workers that are, are wanting to work. Our biggest challenge has been in our state and in the nation is a payment model for community health workers. So while you have a payment model for nursing, you have a payment model for physicians, you have a payment model for OTs, R, you know, RTs across the board, right? All those healthcare professionals, we do not in the state have a payment model for the work that they do. So CHWs have been surviving by grants, by philanthropic support. What we are working towards is a billable model for CHWs, just like you have for what physicians provide or those types of services. The shortage for us starts more upstream. Um, we have community members who are wanting to be community health workers. So the great thing about that is if we can get community health workers trained, we can help fill where this other shortages are happening. We can work with social workers because so many social workers are not getting to do and practice at the top of their license and their training. Instead, they're having to deal with some of the social determinants of health and the other needs that clients have. So if you can put a CHW in place who can do that work, you'll have social workers then who can be working at the top of their license and we can start to have the mental health services we need because those mental health providers are not having to deal with some of the downstream needs of clients as much. So where will that billing come from and how do you go about changing that funding model? So currently in the state of Illinois, a um, state advisory group has been set up that is meeting um, every quarter. We're going to monthly meetings shortly, we believe. But the state of Illinois has put that in the hands of Illinois Department of Public Health. Um, in the Black Caucus, uh, about a year and a half ago, the bill that was passed called for us to move forward with the CHW standardized training that would lead then to a, a certification which will then lead to a billing model. So we are on the road to that process. Um, what we have to do is just put some of the final pieces in place. That was Tracy Smith from the Illinois Public Health Association speaking with WGLT's Eric Stock. Before we let you go, the Connect Transit Board meets today at 4.30 at its Wiley Drive location. On the agenda are several items related to the new microtransit service. And that's it for today. I'm Ryan Denham. The show is produced by Colin Winkleman. You can subscribe to the Leadoff Podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or the NPR app.